This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here with a new issue of the We Spin Recipes podcast. And uh, today I've got a great guest on the show, uh, Lena, the founder of uh, Positively Music. And uh, Lena has worked for all the major labels and uh, so it's a lot of uh, companies and has written a book and uh, has been blogging and uh, there is a lot of great stuff uh, that uh, she's producing. Hello, Lena. Hi, how are you? Doing great in this uh, hot summer yeah. <laughs> day. So it uh, looks like it's a, a really nice weather for, uh, for the UK for the summer. Absolutely, it's great weather. Um, I have decided that I am going to spend much of the summer working outside um, with my laptop and making the most of it. So it's very, it's, um, we don't tend to get great summers in the UK. The UK tends to be quite a rainy country. So I think when it's, rain, when it's um, sunny, you have to make the most of it. So it's Amazing, good times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, awesome. So, yeah, uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, of course. Okay, well, I currently run a training provider called Positive Music, and I specialize in digital business and entrepreneurship to um, SMEs and above in the music industry. My background is that I have, a, well, well over 13 years in the professional music industry, And um, in that time, I was in digital marketing and PR, and I led international campaigns, national campaigns, and um, regional campaigns for superstar artists from Beyonce to take that. Um, I also have trained, um, you know, many different types of, of music business entity, let's say, from, you know, educating in the major labels uh, as part of my role um, in the major labels um, and also um, training you know hundreds of independent artists via seminars and workshops let's say so it's I've kind of got varied experience when it comes to training across the board um, uh, I also have two business music business degrees as well so Yeah, that's in a nutshell, Mike. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I know it's not everything, but uh, it it already <laughs> sounds so impressive. And uh, I really appreciate uh, you uh, being on the show. And uh, today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about marketing and mm -hmm. uh, uh, about uh, how musicians and uh, independent artists can be building uh, their careers and. Um, Uh, yeah, so I know that you uh, you work with a lot of companies, but within this podcast, it uh, just will make more sense to focus on independent artists. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're one of the pioneers of uh, the new type of marketing and uh, uh, promo promotion, including online. And uh, I would just like to uh, hear just a bit of input on uh, the state of uh, marketing and uh, maybe you can even compare how it changed uh, over the last years like if in short well okay so um i if i sort of trace back on my career i came into digital marketing around about the year 2000 um when i joined a company called peoplesound.com which is one of the streaming music pioneers um and um You know, if you look at something like Last FM or Pandora or Spotify, you know, people that people sound 
was the um, was the predecessor to all of those companies, and was it was built on a massive research engine. That's essentially what it was. The streaming part of it was a um, really cosmetic to the whole thing. The whole um, premise of um, People Sound was to gather behavioural data on how people were consuming music at the time. So if we move forward to things like Last FM, Spotify and Pandora and all those kind of streaming entities, you know, it's and you know, even YouTube actually, then we really do need to consider that that aspect of the game. Okay. So that's one um big difference between let's say traditional marketing um and um online marketing. You know, with traditional marketing there was always measurement. You know, we would measure readership, um, geographic areas, sales figures, that kind of thing. A lot of the the information, the data would come in through um, sales, sales data. Um, that was really the main, the, the way that we, we traced um, buying habits at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, I, I believe that the difference now is that there is so much more data available to us because of the technology. Um, so as an example, with PeopleSound, we would be we would know not only what tracks people listen to, but when they listen to it, how much of it they listen to it, where they started to listen to the track, where they finished listening to the track, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we would know if somebody was listening to a track, let's say, in Nebraska at one o'clock in the morning um, and whether it was just the first 15 seconds of it. So it was that kind of intricate data. And that was in 2000. So I would imagine that it's really moved on um, massively since then, um, with it being, you know, 14 years later. So I would say that was that was a, that is a, is a really big difference is the in terms of marketing is really the measurement. Now, in terms of how you as um, as uh, someone marketing their music can apply that to that thinking to your own marketing efforts it's a case of saying well you know if you can't measure it then you can't manage it um so the way to start with that is maybe to look at the existing measurement facilities within your own social media networks for example facebook has analytics google has analytics and start looking at that and start to start to understand them um and start to look at the patterns and trends within your own the, the analytics that are freely available to you um, and make the most of it and see you know what improvements that you can make from there so that would is, is kind of, is a is a big difference i think yes it's, it's a great uh, input and it's a great insight uh, on the importance of data i think uh, that uh, some musicians realize the importance of uh, metadata and all the analytics and everything it's still uh, for some uh, kind of difficult to uh, track it properly because you mentioned that there is a lot of data and uh, sometimes it's just a bit difficult to see the right metrics because still a lot of uh, especially a lot of uh, independent artists look into the uh, metrics that may be not the most important, like the amounts of uh, followers and likes and uh, something that doesn't indicate the engagement level. But that's, I mean, that's a great uh, point. Um, let me switch uh, to a different topic a little bit here. A little bit of background for a listener. We just had uh, this brief conversation with you and uh, you mentioned that you think that right now is is a great time 
for growing for artists and uh, can you uh, comment on that a little bit and uh, explain why you think it's a great time to grow a music project as a business right now? Yeah, um, the reason it's a great time is because, um, let's say if I take the UK as an example, um, well, in the UK at the moment, it's really great to be thinking about um, growing a music business or any kind of creative business. I mean, you know, in the UK, there are many campaigns focused on creative business at the moment. And the reason for that is, um, of course, the UK being part of Europe, right? So um, the reason for that is that the UK is looking to export creative skills um, to the rest of the world. And of course, music is one of those um, entities that the UK is looking to, looking to as an export. Um, the reason for that is because we are in recovery, albeit hesitant, so it's a little bit up, up and down, but we are, there are the grass, um, grass shoots of recovery currently happening and when things like that happen and when, you know um after a long period of recession or should i say depression because what we had was a double dip um recession which is also known as a depression and we have those every 30 to 40 years let's say um mm -hmm. when when we see recovery happen um people get excited and you know they start putting money and resources into things so The, the, the currently the government is putting you know a, a, you know a lots of money into creative business music business included so that is why it's a good time to um look at you know really concentrate on growth when it comes to your music business um and really look at being prolific and you know being active um and making decisions and what we call ramping up so being prolific do you know looking at collaborations and partnerships as well that's the one really um key way of you know making quantum leaps in your business is actually to partner with um appropriate mm -hmm. um appropriate collaborators right so we call it you know joint ventures mm -hmm. uh, make some real leaps in your business that way um so that is why it's a good time so it's um it's a case of the economy is growing and it's um a case of, of working fast to take advantage of all the opportunities that are around us at the moment so that um, you can reap the rewards. And uh, for someone listening to this and not uh, quite seen, uh, knowing a lot about the uh, things that you mentioned, maybe there is someone in the UK or in any other country, uh, uh, where should they look uh into for some grants or some programs uh, where a government or some non-profit organization supports and invest into creative uh, projects and what would be the next steps to do like what kinds of uh, how uh, would uh, a music project uh, uh, need to prepare itself uh, for for these kind of uh, fundraising okay so well, let's start as the uk and then we can sort of look at um general equivalents um, across Europe and you know, maybe even the world. So in the UK, it's the case of the government is, is backing these campaigns. Um, so it would be a case of really just going to your government website. Um, and the way I found this was just putting in creative business or you know, creative business, you know, government UK, things like that. You can do these general searches and the, um, 
the information will come up for you. The other thing to look at is, for example, um, in the UK, we have the PRS. So um, they do grants. Okay, so they have access to grants. So look at your local collection agencies. Look at your local, um, well, your, your local national representative, representative for the music industry in your country. So for us, it's the BPI in the UK. Look at those sort of the trade associations. Okay, start looking at the trade associations. You look at the big trade associations, that will be the starting place for where you can find um, this information. So in the UK, we have the Music Managers Forum. We have the Musicians Union. I mentioned the PRS. Um, look at those, or the PPL. You know, the, uh, so look at those big trade associations for that information, and that will be a place to start. Um, you know, I'm sure that if you know if you drop them a little uh, email, you know, and say, hey, you know what, I'm looking for a few resources in and around this area in terms of grants, funding. Now, even talk, you know, whether you intend to or not, even talk about debt funding just to take out a loan. If you talk about taking out a loan, they're more, like, more than likely to get back to you mm -hmm. um, because loans you have to pay back um, and they're easier to access um, and grants aren't. And, you know, for example, in, in the UK, there's a, there's a lot of talk about debt funding as well. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that you should go down that road. Um, if you are going to go down that road, you have to have very specific plans in place and, um, so, it, you know, that obviously I realize that that's not for everybody, mm -hmm. but it's just a case of it, it's, it's, a, it's a way of eliciting information out of people. Um, so go to those places first and that's where you would start. Um, I'm sure that Europe is following suit in terms of creative business and music business. Um, so that is where I would start. Um, you know, or even, you know, if you just want general information, go to the UK websites and see what's happening in the UK um, and see whether any of those, um, those opportunities are available to you in your territory. Because there is some encouragement mm -hmm. for people from different territories to come into the UK to build businesses as well. So don't you know, look at other territories. So if you don't, you know, what I mean is don't limit yourself to your territory. You know, feel free to the, look at the UK. If you see something that's happening in France or Germany or another territory, then investigate it because it may be that, that there is um, an opportunity available to you. For example, I'm talking about Europe here as being a member of Europe or even internationally. So um, there is, you know, there is, it's sourcing skills, creative skills from other parts of the world and bringing them into you know, the home territory is, has not been discounted. So totally look at that as well. So I would look at that, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's great advice. I mean, I, I'm sure that um, uh, lots of artists don't realize that uh, there are actually like funds and uh, grants for, for artists. Um, and uh, uh, well, if I find something interesting, uh, can you, I mean, obviously there are individual requirements for each uh, case, but um, uh, what does uh, a music project generally uh, have to have to, to be eligible to participate? What kind of uh, size of, of a project, for example, um, like if I am uh, just have been doing these for a couple of years, maybe have a couple of releases, but I'm not sure if I'm too small for, uh, for, for these grants. So what do you think on that? Okay, so I mean, really it's across the board, um, you know, and obviously the more money that you're applying for, the, the stricter the criteria. 
Um, if you are really starting out, um, you may find it more difficult to access that kind of money. Um, though, to be fair, if you're really starting out, it's probably not, you're probably not at a stage where you, maybe you need the investment. Because the thing is, there are plenty of free resources out there that you can use to build up your business to get yourself to a stage where you, you now actually need the investment to grow. Because that's why you go for the money in the first place is because, you know, you are, you know, you're at a, at a stage where you need the investment in order to, to take the next steps in your business. You know, what you have available to you isn't, isn't serving you. Um, and for example, I'll give you an, an, an idea. Let's say you are a business and you need to expand and say you're a recording studio. Okay, I'll give you an example. You're a recording studio and now you are, through marketing efforts, you are now oversubscribed. Mm-hmm. Um, you have more clients that you can handle. The only way that you can handle those clients is by building another recording studio and employing staff. That is when you would need the investment. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because you already have the clients lined up. Okay? And you know, you don't want to have to turn them away, you know, so you need to build this extra studio. So now it's 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 where you put the investment in is generally where it's like you, you're kind of blocked from serving, you know, from solving other people's problems because you don't have the capacity. It's a capacity issue that you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you are still at that, you, you know, if you're still at seed stage, which is when you mentioned that somebody's been going for a couple of years, only released a couple of releases, that's really you're at seed stage. Now, that doesn't mean that... Um, there aren't resources out there for you to use. There absolutely are. There are so many, um, as those, these people will already be using all the free resources out there. Um, it's really, for them, it's a case of um, leveraging all the free learning and the free resources out there um, to their advantage. For those people, I would say, get into as many free um, sales and marketing seminars that they possibly can particularly sales um the reason i say that is because there's so much marketing stuff out there um there's so many people that talk about marketing and nobody ever talks about sales and you um you will never be able to market your way to growth or market your way to revenue you need the marketing brings in warm leads um and those those leads need to be converted to sales and that for me when I look at the landscape at the moment, that for me is the thing, the critical component that's missing. It's sales, whether you're doing your own sales, whether you have somebody else doing sales for you, whether you have a sales system, you know, an online sales system or sales process, all of those things need to be used. That is what I would look at. Then you'll be able to get into a stage where you, you have that lovely, you know, a, what we call a quality problem, which is capacity. Mm-hmm. And you can um, look at the, the, the idea of, of, you know, funding and grants. Um, if, you really need, if you really need cash, um, then the ways that I would look at that would be there's crowdfunding, f- friends and family, don't discount that, you know, that kind of thing. Look at that, those type of things, and look at working with small amounts of money um, and making that small, those small amounts of money work for you. Um, that is what I would look at first before going and applying for grants and funds. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel that <clears throat> in order to, not just to, to, to get the grant or the, the debt loan or whatever, not only just to get the money, but for your own sake. I think um, if you have a really real solid basis behind you in terms of what you've already built as, as a music business, 
um, then you have that learning and experience behind you in order to make best use of the resources that you might be given. So there is a process that everyone has to go to. You know, it's kind of a process of cutting your teeth um, before you get to that stage. Yeah, this is a very important uh, point, I think. And uh, uh, there are some musicians who want to just hire a PR agency, for example, th- that in order to kind of promote their project when the project is not ready and uh, they themselves don't have uh, a lot of knowledge and uh, understanding of what should be done. They haven't uh, done the home uh, work at all. And uh, yeah, so education is uh, very important and uh, starting... Uh, the uh, branding and marketing and sales process yourself uh, if you are an artist or a music brand is very important. So it perfectly makes sense and thank you for explaining that. Um, And yeah, I really like that point about sales. Um, Well, yeah, I keep uh, mentioning that we are focusing on individual musicians or bands here. Uh, So uh, what? how how would you put it like practical advice on uh, sales? For independent artists? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, so the thing with sales, people don't like sales, and it will, I do understand that it conjures up a lot of um, negative um, images for people. They think about you know, like the used car salesman, that kind of thing, and pressure sales and cold calling, that kind of thing. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, sales has um, really moved on from all of that kind of stuff. Um, and really when we talk about sales with the amount see the thing is with the amount of marketing um technology and techniques and hacks that we have today um there is no reason why um when you do make sales that your prospects um are not pre-sold okay so if you have fans these people are already what we call pre-sold as in they're already in a um pre you know in a disposition to buy from you um, so I don't know. I've, I've certainly had this experience in the past, not just with music, but with lots of different um, types of businesses where I have been so enamored by their vision and their message um, and the type of business that they are that I feel like I really want to support them and I want to um, and I kind of want to give them my money. Does that make sense? You know, I don't know if you've ever been in that position. I'll, I'll give you a real yeah. kind of left field example um uh, it's not it's got nothing to do with music whatsoever but the um there is a product out there a, a, a company out there at the moment um a new company that does cleaning products i told you it was totally off uh, totally totally left field cleaning products they're called method their design is great their packaging is great the product is called method they do lots of different types of cleaning products as you can imagine um and they are they the company is called people against dirty and the reason I really love them is because um, not only does the stuff smell great, but it's ethical, it's pet friendly, it's child friendly, it's all that kind of stuff. And it's actually, it's really expensive stuff. It's like four or five pounds a bottle. You get a sizable bottle, but it's not cheap. Yeah. You know? And you, you know, these are like luxury cleaning products, but they've done, they've executed their vision and their ideas so well. Um, they have executed their values so well their ideals so well that i feel that i relate to that and this is a cleaning product so do you see what i mean it's like it's like this isn't music music is much easier to relate to it's a cleaning product 
So, and I feel like this is what I, this is what I want to buy for my home. So similarly, like I said, if we take that model and move it over, that example and move it over, um, with the marketing um, knowledge that we have available, it really is about if you're as a musician as, or, or if you are a music business working with musicians, whatever, whether you're a PR, a label, a manager, whatever, it really is about looking at the, the values and the standards and the ideals that that musician is that that music i'm not it's not just the, the artist but the music is the vehicle for because in the day like i I've, I've said before music is a connection technology the music is a vehicle it's a means to an end so what is the means what is the end and that's where you start from and that's kind of you know what i mean by pre-selling in in sales is and that's the relationship building that we talk about so that's where we we come from and we come from a place of, you know, what really wanting to serve the the end user, the fan, the customer, the client, who you know, whoever you know, whoever that person is to you. Um, and so once you come from that place, then sales is really a service. But at the end of the day, you know, trade is trade, and the the you know, it's um, a case of if you don't pay me for my service, then I can't take my service out further to other people and I can't expand and serve other people like you. So that's what I'm, is the kind of the trade-off, if that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so far it perfectly makes sense and I like yeah. your example, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, that is really where, what, what, what we mean now when we talk about sales. Now, if you are an artist and you don't want to do sales, and I do understand that, it's not, not for everybody, um, though I do believe that as an artist, you do need to be able to at least infuse about what you're doing um, in order to enroll people. Okay, so if, for example, if you want to enroll a team, you do need to be able to talk about your vision or, or have some passion behind what you're talking about in order to get people on board. Um, but what you need really is a deal maker, and that is typically your manager or your agent or your promoter. That is the role of that person. So the role of that person is, he, you know, he or she, they go out and do the deals for you. So you can go away and be the artistic supervisor and your manager, agent, promoter, whoever they are, producer, whatever, they are going away and they are being the business supervisor. It doesn't mean that you don't meet in between. So absolutely, as an, art, you know, as an artist, you should sit in in your business meetings and the business person should sit in on the artistic meetings, okay? But that is like the nub, the, the kind of the, the acorn of your team, Okay. So that is where I would start. So in terms of sales, if you can't, if you really don't like the idea of doing it yourself, enroll a deal maker, enroll a salesperson to help you with it. And that is, um, and, and, and that is how you move yeah. forward. And 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 it seems like uh, uh, the sales. And by the way, I oftentimes also have to make some kind of excuses or explain what the marketing means because uh, the words, even the business for many musicians, uh, the word business is associated with something with a, uh, with a corporate world, for example. It's interesting because even uh, the sales, and especially based on uh, what you just mentioned, it's a lot about bringing value uh, to. The people and uh, sincerely seeing how you can resonate with them and uh, how you can uh, 
well, either help them or uh, just, yeah, so engage them. So it's a lot about things, a lot about the fans in a case of music and not just your own profit as, uh, as it uh, has been for many decades with uh, sales, with direct sales. Right now it's, it's, it's the, the focus uh, has uh, shifted to a fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there something like that, in your um, opinion? You know what? I, I it's funny actually. I put something out on Twitter and Facebook a couple of days ago, and I was going through old notes, um, and I found my old notes from Sony from two thousand and five, and I was working on a project where we were building a dedicated social network to an artist that we'd just signed, and the whole thing was about fan engagement. Um, I know that there is this um, idea that. Um, there was never, there's never been any focus on the fan. That's actually not entirely true. Um, there's always been a focus on the fan. I mean, if you go back, you know, you go right back, back in the day. I remember back in the 80s, you know, we had fan clubs. You know, there was the, a half fan club, that, you know, especially for, for boy bands. Take that fan club, a half fan club, Bross fan club, that kind of thing. You know, you could buy yearbooks about these bands and these artists. Um, and you would have people sitting in offices, dedicated offices, answering fan letters and writing back to them. And, you know, when I was at Sony, there were still, still people that did that. There were still people that went through mail. We still got loads and loads of mail from people, gifts, presents, all that kind of stuff, you know. And we had to have people there to sort through it all um, and, and reply to people where necessary, you know. So, um, so there's, always been, there's always been fan engagement because at the end of the day, you know, you you can't ignore these people you know people are writing to you you know there's there was no social media back then this is obviously not you know when we had the fan clubs there was no social media so what are you going to do are you just going to ignore these letters and people send this stuff to you? you can't so you have to engage with the fans um so there's always been fan engagement there's always always there's always been um you know street teams people in um schools and clubs and you know discos that kind of thing that have always gone out and and spoken to fans and um you know even if it was really old school stuff like going around at gigs and you know taking down names and feedback and numbers and email addresses that kind of thing on a clipboard people have you know the, the music industry has always done that i think the thing that we have to remember is if we aren't a fan of the artist or the act or the release that they're currently working on, then we're not going to experience the engagement, you see. So yeah. you see what I mean? So it's, it's not done at the end of the day, you know, if I am working on pink, okay, and somebody isn't a pink fan, then they're not going to experience any engagement because I'm not just not going to engage with them. I'm looking to engage with the fans and it starts with the existing. You always start with like the existing core group of fans. These are the people that we go to first. They're the first people that get notified of anything. They're, they're, they are the, the, the first to know anything when it comes to that, that particular act. So it's always, it's always happened. It's just that, like I said, if you don't, if you're not a fan of them, you know, like, a, it's always, like I said, it always starts with the hardcore fans then you don't experience the engagement. So the idea that there isn't any fan engagement is a little bit, it's not entirely true that there is. It's just 
No, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I fully agree with you. Uh, and I, I was, what I, I was rather meant here also is that when someone mailed, uh, like uh, by snail mail, sends sends a message to, uh, to to someone to 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 enact um, uh, to band, then if uh, that person got a reply, it was an event, so it was something special, I think. And yeah. these days, if uh, uh, if a fan tweets a star it's or it's a star i was thinking about big name artists uh, or uh, to any act usually they ex, uh, expect a reply if it's a really big name then of course not but if it's a small or medium size uh, music act then it's expected then uh, like the engagement from an artist is expected. I think it's uh, very expensive to uh, not engage with fans because uh, it will slow the uh, slow the, the growth and affects uh, the bottom line. So right yeah. now you you just have to uh, focus on fans more than in the past. But it's you're absolutely right, and uh, this is a great point that it has has been done in the past. It had been done. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, anything to add on these? Um, fun interaction and um, um, wh well what I really liked as well is that you uh, mentioned the importance of uh, um, I unfortunately cannot repeat it the same way you put it but uh, as, as I see it uh, the importance of uh, of the values be, uh, behind uh, the music and uh, an act uh, like what uh, you stand for what your brand is by the way, what's, what's uh, a brand in your opinion? You know, as this is going to be somewhat of an esoteric um, explanation when it comes to brand. If you think about brand, what is a brand? Um, but literally, what is a brand? Where did it actually come from? A brand was something that, you, is, is a, was something that was fashioned out of a piece of metal. It's, this is awfully, this is this kind of graphic. But, you know, it's fashioned a piece of stuck in some fire and stuck on someone or an, or an animal. You know, that was a brand. That's originally what, what it was. It was a, a, um, that you, it was um, an insignia to show that somebody owned you. Mm -hmm. That was originally what a brand was, right? So in a way, when you think about it, a brand is, if you are aligned with a brand, they kind of own a little piece of your mind, <laughs> right? So it's like because they have values that speak to you and you can relate to them, okay? So, and, and actually, we look at it very literally, a brand, we, people choose to wear Nike, they choose to wear Adidas, they choose to wear, do you see what I mean? But that's, it's, it's kind of like a very modern version of that old, you know, very brutal brand that I just described, yeah? So that is all. So that is kind of what it is. It's like, it's, it, if you really flip it, it's, it's, it's a very archaic way of describing it. But mm -hmm. if you, it's, it's great. <laughs> if, 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 if your fan is wearing your logo, then they have accepted your ownership. It, before it was forced on people, right? So forced on, on animals or cattle or whatever. And I obviously that not in agreement with that at all. Um, but what they have, in a way, done is they have said, I have accepted your ownership, relationship, friendship, whatever it is for you. But there is something that in that relationship that I accept of you that, um, you know, I accept that you can have a, a, a piece of me in a way. Yeah. 
like there isn't any relationship you know so that is that's that's really what a brand is um and that's a kind of an abstract um, yeah but yeah and, and it, but yeah and once again it was uh, uh in this explanation it's uh, about uh, a person like not about the uh, brand like as a company or a band mm -hmm. but a fan right so it's uh, uh you, when you cre you build your uh, brand as uh, they often say you uh you you need to focus on you need to think of uh, of uh, who will want to follow that brand and who will want to wear their sneakers uh, and yeah so I mean this is um, an interesting approach to explaining this because um, it's common to just think of a brand as just uh, uh, visuals or something uh, like yeah, a description or whatever a pitch it's it's much more than that I really liked your explanation yeah, it, this it makes goes, perfect goes, sense yeah I mean I, I do understand those kind of like people say oh well you know it's this great logo it's a a great business name it's a great name it's a great graphic it's a great this it goes much much deeper is it than that you know um so um if you, if you look into the history of it um no it goes it goes way deeper than that and then this is that's up there's a lot of psychology behind branding as i'm mm -hmm. sure you know it's, it's it's been written you know largely all over the internet but that's then I mean, if you kind of really look at the essence of it that's where it came from Yeah, and it's 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 also it it relates to this idea of uh, tribes as have gotten yes. into it, and uh, the idea that uh, and especially these days people want to be parts of uh, communities, but uh, rather small and uh, dedicated uh, and uh, exclusive special communities. And uh, I guess I think I'm I'm sure that any music uh, uh, artists uh, should be working on uh, building this kind of a tribe around their acts because when and this is this is a great thing that it shouldn't be huge if you've got a hundred people who are really into what you are doing it's already a great start and you can do a lot of interesting things even with a small uh, small community um, yeah uh, So, uh, so one of the last questions, and uh, just uh, due to your experience in working with major labels and major artists, um, uh, can you comment a little bit on uh, on how the bigger uh, companies and uh, music brands work and operate? Uh, to me, it feels like uh, uh, for like. I don't know. For for many years, it 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 was like major labels, and so uh, their tactics are outdated. It's a lot about uh, traditional uh, uh, marketing and everything. And uh, the indie artists are the ones who do the creative, the interesting things. And right now, uh, it seems that uh, like for example, major labels they work with fantastic marketing agencies and companies, and they have uh, great uh, in-house staff, and they run. Obviously, there are big budgets but the ideas the creative uh, approaches to presenting and launching the new projects or new albums and records it's there is a lot to learn uh, from the major uh, artists or labels well, because usually i don't talk a lot about a, a lot of great things about major labels <laughs> but it's it's something that i just uh, felt is like there is uh, an interesting trend lately a lot of great things are happening in the major label world and major artist world in terms of marketing or would you t completely disagree with me okay so what the way I would, well let's kind of divide that into the two two sections i mean let's go sort of 
pre-digital and then, you know, current digital, yeah? So pre-digital, <clears throat> you had big advertising, big advertising budgets, you know, um, it was all about the, the visual campaign. Um, I remember um, when the first Garbage album came out and all they really did was the album cover was a G and it was burnt into um, a pink feather boa. I think that's what it was anyway. So, um, or pink fur or something like that. And that was, and they didn't, there was no explanation for what that was um, or what it, at the beginning, it was just kind of put up as teasers, right? So that was one campaign that I remember. Um, so, <clears throat> so a lot of it was um, about, at that time, was really how they used broadcast media. Um, and that was the one of the ways they did it. They would, you know, maybe use a part of an image and tease that image, or it would be a really, really amazing ad campaign of some description on TV or the radio or the press, or it'd be like one message plastered all, all over everything. Um, and there have been some amazing campaigns that independent artists can learn from. You know, there's, if you look up, you know, the sort of the history of music advertising, you know, and I'm thinking about it, I'll probably go and do it myself. There will be some amazing stuff that you can see and, and learn from, um, you know, because in as much as, um, you know, I, d I don't disagree. There's plenty of innovative stuff that comes from um, the independent sector. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, I will I will say this. What happens is, you know, um, an ad person or a marketing person will pick up on a, a small trend that's happening in that sector. And uh, it was it's an idea. They take it as an idea. And what they do is they go and implement the idea. So the mm -hmm. idea may have come from the independent sector, but it's because of the skill and the experience of the team. OK, and the budget and the resources, it's implemented really, really, really well. Um, it's one of the things that they say is they say ideas are worthless and implementation is everything. I'll give you a comparative um, example. Um, I believe it was Microsoft that came up with the tablet idea, but it was a great idea for Apple. Apple were the one that implemented it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But with Apple, pretty much everything that uh, yeah. they created was done by someone, but they just uh, redesigned it and uh, presented it in a totally different way. Yeah, yeah. it's a great yeah. example. So, um, so that it's it's a lot about. I guess what I'm trying to say, a lot of it is 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 about the implementation. So that that's sort of pre-digital. So post-digital, um, in terms of the, the the you know working in in the majors, where did we get right? We got our ideas from all all different types of places. It wasn't necessarily from the not necessarily from the independent sector, but a lot of it was around you know what other what other businesses are doing. So I guess and if you're looking for great marketing ideas, don't just restrict yourself to major label campaigns. Look at what other brands are doing. Look at what um, other companies are doing. You'll get some great ideas from that that you can maybe transfer to your own marketing because that's something that we certainly did. Um, so we, we, we looked all, you know, I think it's a way of thinking and it's a mindset. If, you're, if you are a marketing person and you're always thinking about, about marketing, then you are generally going to absorb marketing information in a very different way because you're absorbing that information with the view to applying it to your own campaigns. Um, so do you see what I mean? With the view to applying it to your own PR campaign. So it's a, certainly it's, a, it's a, a hat that I would certainly wear when I was walking, you know, walking around, you know, commuting, walking around town, you know, going from you know the office, uh, you know, to where we were going to have lunch, you know, every day, like looking around and, and noticing what was around around me in order to get ideas. 
So, um, uh, in terms of current marketing trends, um, you know, yes, I mean, you know, the major, the the big music companies and you know the big uh, marketing agencies will always do interesting things, and the reason that they will always do interesting things is because um, a lot of that is about you know passion for the job um, and also. Um, wanting to be you know have a successful campaign so that's that drives innovation also the you know the drive to win awards because you know we we you know we have award ceremonies and things like that and awards that we we like to win for for um for our work so that's also one thing that we will look at as well um and also recognition for example in the trade press now that's all really great stuff for um, great information for an independent artist or an independent label because that information means that the information about that campaign is readily, readily available to you. So mm-hmm. it means that you can go and learn from it. So if you look at your your trade press, so in the UK it would be, be Music Week. Obviously, if you're you know anywhere else in the world, look at Music Week. Um, things like Marketing Week, all the the trade press stuff. Look at that, and you will mark yeah Marketing Week. Um, uh, you know, look at Ad Week is another really good one actually, and look at those um, trade press um, articles, and you know that is where you'll you'll get the real kind of you'll get an idea of how these things are being implemented and how they're being brought into the world, rather than maybe um, blogs and um, articles that maybe some people are already reading that are by and large quite theoretical. Mm-hmm. So. Then, but if you want to look at the actual, you know, the practical application, then that is what I would look at. Because if you're looking at a report of a great marketing campaign in Marketing Week, then you go, oh, okay, I see how that was applied. So that is that is where I would I would look. Perfect advice, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So thank you for for that advice, and I can't agree more on the idea of looking outside of the music industry because usually. There, uh, there is just uh, there is a lot of great things that are happening in uh, in the startup world, like in the tech world, for example. I love uh, looking for ideas uh, there, like how um, well they call it growth hacking, and it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> they don't usually even implement uh, the, use the word marketing, but you can get so many ideas on how to build your fan base uh, without spending too much on uh, advertisement, for example. So this is really exciting as well, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, th- what you just mentioned is, uh, is 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 a list of fantastic advices. So I really appreciate that. Um, can you just maybe uh, finish with uh, some uh, uh, maybe closing words, like uh, some uh, deep advice and uh, some links where we can find out more information about you? Oh, yeah, um, I would say closing words would be. Um... Don't be afraid of sales, I would say. Um, you know, right now, if you're going to grow your business, then have a look at it and do, some, you know, go do some reading on it, go do some learning on it, watch some YouTube videos. Um, there's a great book out there by Dan Pink called To Sell Is Human. Um, and, you know, I'm reading it at the moment amongst many of the other things that I'm reading. Um, and, you know, one of the things that he says in there is that um, everybody is always selling something as in we are we are generally go we generally go through life with this process of 
attempting to convince or influence people around us to do something. You know, if you think about your daily conversations with people and the exchange of ideas and, you know, that you have, um, that is generally what we're doing. So it's like there is this idea, you know, he says that you know, selling is a very human um, attribute. So I would kind of look at that. I and mean, if you really want to move your, your, your business forward, then sales really is the way to go. And, you know, and sales is one of those things where you, you, you can't learn about it so much. You kind of just have to jump in and do it. Um, mm-hmm. So that is what, where I would say, uh, what I would say is the way forward. Um, the reason I say that is, like I said, I see so much marketing out there. Um, and I see people, and, you know, I, I am a marketing person and a PR person myself. I'm not a salesperson, even though I do have, um, you know, a sales I do have you know plenty of sales experience, but by and large, my career was in marketing and PR. So I do, um, I can, so I can see you know that there is so much marketing um, information out there. And and the thing is, the marketing gurus will always tell you to do more marketing. They're always going to say, but you just need to do more marketing. Just do more marketing. No, there's only so much marketing. You have a marketing strategy and you have a sales strategy. Okay, because if you bring people into your business via your marketing and you don't convert them, they're just going to go back out and go buy something else. Okay, they just go, they don't stay with you. They come, you know, it's, it's, they will come in and go out. They might come back, but they'll come in and go out. You don't want to have these people get used to the idea that everything that you have nothing for sale or everything that you have is free. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You've got to be put into some kind of funnel. So, um, or sales funnel. So that would be one thing I would go and look up. So it's the idea of sales and sales funnel, sales systems, you know, finding, you know, uh, the deal makers that is right for you, that kind of thing. Um, so that's what I would end with. And if you want to find out more about me, then um, please look up www.positivelymusic.co.uk. I will definitely put uh, a link uh, to your website in the show notes. And uh, thank you a lot for being on the show, Lina. It was a great conversation. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin